0: Please don't hump my lamb. I Dude, I am seven fingers in Jim Beam. Get the fucking chili hot dog out of my face.
1: Your next comedian coming to the stage is so funny. He's such a hoot. Oh,
0: and making yeah. sure... Let me like, shove this go. baby out of my, <laughs> <of> my chewed-up <laughs> then Stoner! And
1: the fat man. Fuck you, Mark. Mark <laughs>
0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. Good to have you back. Uh, Today's podcast, I'm going to cover, I guess, censorship. and uh, There's just been a lot of stories in the news right now about, uh, you know, people saying stuff on stage and then people getting offended and then... uh, going on like a social media tirade to try to like ruin their livelihood because that person didn't like what they said on stage and it's something that we have to deal with every day and uh i don't know man it just sucks so bad that certain people just they don't get it you know and i've been saying to people for a long time that uh the availability of social media and reality shows is really kind of ruining live stand-up comedy shows because at this point like everybody's looking for their 15 minutes you know they're looking for their gangnam style or their charlie bit my finger or their double rainbow or leroy jenkins they're just you know The camera phones are always out. They're always recording, and I hate to say this, but initially, when the Donald Sterling thing came out, where he got recorded, uh, I was on his side—not not not for what he said, but for the fact that he was saying things in private, and somebody that he thought was a friend was recording him, and then sold it to like tabloid people. And then they, in turn, used that to force this guy to sell his franchise. He wasn't even allowed to pass it off to other people in his family. The NBA forced him, and I haven't really read much about the story right now. I actually have not, I've kind of, (laughs) I'm not much on his side anymore because, as we all know from the stuff that came out later, he's really off his fucking rocker. So I was just, like, appalled at the idea of somebody being recorded in private and then them using that to kind of ruin his life and his livelihood, you know. Yes, it was horrible things that he said, but he said them in private by himself. I mean, can you imagine if, you know, you were sitting on your porch with your neighbor and you know you lived in some kind of community that had you know like one of those boards and and you said something and he recorded you and he brought it to the board and they decided that the things you said were horrible and they were going to force you to sell your house and move out of their neighborhood i mean it's just ridiculous the things. That people are doing right now. uh, I'm going to play a couple clips on the podcast today uh, from uh, some of my favorite comedians defending this idea. Uh, I'm going to play a clip of Patrice O'Neill when he was on, uh, I think it was Fox, defending comedians' rights to say whatever they want. And he's debating with a woman that obviously has a different viewpoint on it um i'm also gonna play um there was a clip that just came out today which actually inspired me to do this podcast but joan Rivers is one of my favorite comedians she's you know just such a legend in this business and such a you know like a prodigy of don rickles just like say whatever on stage nothing's off limits you know apparently she called the first lady Uh, a a tranny the other day which i thought was hilarious (laughs) but uh she has a new book out and obviously she's trying to there's a bit of her being outrageous right now just to get a buzz going about her book and that's fine but the problem i had was that she went on and she was getting interviewed by cnn and this lady is not interviewing her at all about what's uh you know the good parts of her career she's just attacking her immediately about how she's mean and and how she uh goes over topics that are taboo and all this other stuff i just it made me sick to watch that because joan obviously was really pissed off about it so she stormed off the interview and then they recorded like this tiny little clip afterwards of the interviewer saying, uh, well, (laughs) I thought she was joking, (laughs) but then she started swearing on her microphone, so we knew it wasn't fake. It's like, come on. It's just sickening. It's just too many of these stories in the news right now of people saying something, and then like five minutes later, they have to go on an apology tour for what they said. You know, I mean, the list goes on You know, it's like Gary Oldman and Tracy Morgan And, and uh, uh you know, just so many people It's just The PC police right now It's just ridiculous Like, I would And I guess From my point of view It's easy to talk about it Because I'm not one of those comedians That goes on social media And, and They call it trolling Like You say horrible things just to get people to kind of react to it, and then you get this huge back and forth going, and then there's a buzz going, and then maybe you get some publicity out of it, you know. But it's all comedy, you know. It's jokes, and it's just, it's sick nowadays how people just can't take a joke, you know. And uh, the last clip that I'm going to play on the podcast is from, obviously, the great one of the greatest if not the greatest comedians uh he's number one on my list but he does an amazing job of explaining language and the way we use it and uh it's going to be george carlin so uh so yeah i'm gonna and the other reason that i'm doing this podcast is there was uh I'm never going to mention any names or anything because it doesn't really matter because this type of thing happens, like, every other day. But there was a a, a club where a comedian was doing the open mic and uh, he told a rape joke. And uh, Patrice actually will defend... In the clip that I'll play of Patrice, he defends, like, rape jokes. Not totally rape jokes, but just, like the ability to say whatever you want to say, you know, it may not be funny, but at least you have the right to say it, but there's, like, just this huge back and forth going on at that comedy club, because I guess when he did the joke, somebody heckled him, and then he heckled them back by saying something about, uh, I hope you get raped on the way to your car, or something like that, which I don't condone that at all, like, I am completely 100% behind a comedian's right to say anything on stage, because that's the whole point, is the free speech of being able to say whatever you want to say. Now, common sense comes into play in this business. If you want to have a long career and a, and a long, prosperous career as a comedian, you have to know your place, you know, and comedians that know their skill set will only take the certain gigs that they know that they can excel at. So it's like, uh, you know, Doug Stanhope probably isn't going to take a corporate for a church because he knows that he's not going to be able to make that work with the material that he has. So it's just like, know your skill set, but you should be able to say whatever you want. And heckling a comedian is is not cool in any scenario. If you disagree with what he's saying, you can get up and leave, you know? But the part I don't condone is the attacking of the, uh, like, the, I don't know. It's a thin line. Like, there's a back and forth, you know? Like, if somebody heckles, you slam them back... If they heckle you back, you slam them more and then management gets involved and they're asked to leave and that's pretty much the end of it. But As we've seen in the news lately, (laughs) some comedians have problems dealing with hecklers. Uh, Kramer uh, yelled some things he shouldn't have at the hecklers. Uh, I don't know if this was a true story, but I heard that Cat Williams pulled a gun on somebody in a show. I don't know if that was a real story or not. But it's just like... Yeah, I don't know man it's, I, I don't know how many times I've dealt with people coming up to me After the show And it's always like This was good, this was good However And there's always that last thing I didn't like that one joke you did about whatever And it's like Well thank you for stopping to tell me that You know, I appreciate it I think uh, I think one of the the funniest ones I ever got was, uh, I used to do a joke about uh, epilepsy and having ADD, and they're, I don't even do those jokes anymore, but, you know, it's just young comedian just writing whatever I could to make things funny, and some lady came up to me after the show and she's like, she was like, I thought you were funny, however, I have ADD and epilepsy and that is not funny, and I was like... Actually, it's kind of funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man people get s- I just I don't I don't get it I don't get the person that comes to a comedy club looking to be offended. When you walk through those swinging doors into the comedy club, you should understand that anything that's said in front of the spotlight holding a microphone. Has a minimal shred of truth to it. And I've seen... I've seen guys, like... Screaming at audience members. And then when they get off stage... It's almost like it didn't happen, you know? It's like a performance piece, you know? And that's what it is. It's like, when we're on stage... A lot of times it's based on true stories. Because that's how you write. But it's so embellished... That it doesn't make... It doesn't even resemble the original story. So it's just... I don't know, man. It just drives me crazy when I see, you know, like the radio shows that that get fired because of the joke that they do on the air. And then all these people rally behind to try to ruin their livelihood and boycott the the media and the advertisers. And that's the whole thing. It's like the advertisers run everything nowadays. I mean... uh, Somebody was telling me the other day that uh, One of the major advertisers for Last Comic Standing this year is Walmart So none of the comedians that performed in Last Comic Standing From the beginning of the show till now Were not allowed to tell Walmart jokes They were cut Because Walmart is an advertiser Let that sink in Uh, So I'm going to play this clip of Joan Rivers on CNN. And uh, I think it's just appalling what this reporter did to her. And uh, I applaud Joan Rivers for walking off that set because if it was me, I wouldn't have put up with it either. I would have said, you know, go fuck yourself and walk off. So here's Joan Rivers on CNN. I think it was yesterday. Uh, So here we go.
2: In in all these, uh, you know, I, I guess forays... It's been, you know, very, very good to you. And, and you know, you've got best-selling books, uh, you sell out on stage, uh, even with your fashion critiquing. While it's very mean in some ways, people it's can't wait mean. to it's hear me. you not mean. Really? It's not it's mean? Not mean?
3: You can, it's not mean. I tell the truth. I'm sure I say the same things that all your viewers say to their friends sitting next to them on the couch. <laughs> you know, one of, we're one of the few shows that says, that's an ugly dress. And that's okay. These ladies make $28 million a picture. You really think that uh, 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 Nicki Minaj cares? I didn't like her dress. Uh-huh. You know, when you're in that kind of a bracket, you don't really care. Yeah, you're not Someone really worried like about dress. feelings being hurt. Well, not when it's about dresses. It's not about them. It's about mm-hmm. clothing. Okay. Well, what about when it
2: is about something, you know, that really does seem off limits to a lot of people? I mean, even in your book, you kind of joke about the death of Casey Anthony's baby, Princess Diana surviving so many landmines and who she dated. I mean, do you feel like there are boundaries ever, you know, even if it makes people
3: uncomfortable or offend people or what? Life is very tough. And if you can make a joke to make something easier and funny, do it. Done. Do it. That's all. But, yeah. Darlene, I don't know what your life has been like, but I have a lot of people who have gone through hell, and if you can make, Winston Churchill said, if you make someone laugh you give them a little vacation, <laughs> and maybe you take the worst thing in the world and make it funny, it's a vacation from a, for a minute from horror.
2: Yeah, and, and people love to laugh, I mean, clearly oh that's why people love you. But they also know that you, you know, you have some shock value to you. I mean, you're on the cover of your book. You're wearing a fur, and you knew that there would probably be animal rights activists. You know, this whole
3: interview is becoming a defensive interview. No! Uh, Are you wearing leather shoes? Yeah, Shut I'm talking. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear. You're wearing fur. You're wearing leather shoes. I'm not shoes. an activist. You're, but eating, I'm saying. you're eating chicken. Yeah. You're eating meat. I don't want to hear this nonsense. Come to me with a paper belt and I'll talk to you. <laughs> but you did hear it in some of those press conferences. There were people who were upset. And you're just saying, no oh, way. You know, I'm going. I really am going because all you have done is negative. No. All you have done is negative. I haven't heard that. I make people laugh for 50 years. I am put on earth to make people laugh. My book is funny I wear fur that was killed 15 years ago I work for animal rights stop it with and you do this and you're mean and you're that you are not the one to interview a person who does humor sorry are we serious?
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah she was serious and I thought she was joking the whole time but in the end we wondered was this a stunt well Rivers didn't return to the interview, but off camera, she kept her microphone on as she continued to talk and drop some rather unflattering four-letter words. So, yeah, she was serious.
0: So that was Joan Rivers on CNN. Uh, Yeah, I just... I do not get it. It was like attack from the beginning, telling her that uh, she's mean and her material's mean and... I mean, there wasn't, and even the times that, you know, she said something nice, it was immediately followed with a but or a however, you know. It's just ridiculous. I mean, people shock, you know. They're trying to get a buzz going, and people just focus too much on bullet words, you know. And that's the problem sometimes is like, um, I think me and Joe talked about this when we were touring as Stoner and the Fat Man, but I got him a guest set at a comedy club and he used to have a joke in his act that I didn't like, but you know, it used to get a laugh, uh, not the ending of it because that was the bad part about it. But he would, the joke was that he would say that, uh, I don't like the phrase, it's meant to be, because people have hijacked it and made it a nice thing. Like, oh, Jim and Joan got together, it was meant to be. That he said, like, one of his goals in life is to change the meaning of it's meant to be to, uh, to make it about something bad. Like, Jim's drinking again? Oh, it's meant to be. And the ending of it is, she lost the baby. Oh, it was meant to be. And it's a horrible joke Like it's uh, It's just there for shock value And uh, You know But his act is Is So much other things You know he's talking about smoking weed And, and uh, Picking up women and, and all this other stuff that could be offensive to anybody But there was a lady in the crowd That night who Recently had just lost her baby So she became very offended, obviously. Uh, And she went out to the lounge and she was kind of crying about the whole thing. Is that Joe's fault? You know? I understand that she had a traumatic thing and she wanted to come to the comedy club and laugh. But I feel like in that vulnerable of a state that, like, anything could have triggered it. You know, what if the comedian, like, if Joe hadn't done that joke and the next comedian started talking about how he just had a baby and she's beautiful and joking about how she poops on him and stuff like that could have made her horribly upset you know so i don't know but they got really pissed at joe for telling that joke and he was banned by the comedy club until new management took over and you know i stood behind him i'm like it's just a joke you know people are gonna like it people aren't gonna like it i don't know how many times like You know, you can do 60 minutes on stage and there's that one joke that's just got that bullet word in it that just rattles somebody. And sometimes they don't even hear the whole joke. They just hear the word rape, you know, or cunt or cock or, you know, uh, whatever, you know. Like I used to tell, uh, I guess, what would be considered a rape joke because I say the word rape in it but I always thought it was the silliest rape joke there ever was (laughs) because the joke basically was like, you know, I'm this big guy. I'm really meek. I don't really take control in any situations, especially with ladies. So I was with a lady that was really adventurous and she told me that she wanted me to do her like I was raping her. That's what she said. And this is based on a true story. Um, So I, of course, got uh, taken aback. And I thought to myself, well, I've never been aggressive in any situation, so I don't even know what to do. So I just had sex with her like I would have normally done, but I just wore a ski mask. And when we were done, I climbed out the window and, and waved goodbye. So, you know, I suppose... I could have wrote that joke in a different way and not used the word rape. You know, I could have said, you know, she could have said, do it like, like you broke in and you're an intruder or something, you know, which probably would have gone over easier than that one bullet war- word rape, you know. It's like a huge, huge thing in comedy right now about can there be a funny rape joke? And that's not really for me to decide, uh like Patrice O'Neal says which I'm going to play here in a second he says you know and and God rest him man he was such a funny guy it's sad that he's gone but he uh he said I'm de- I'm defending funny I'm defending the right for a person to try to say something funny you know and and that's just kind of where we're at it's like stand up comedy if you go in there and you have a mindset of, you know, oh if i, you know, if i hear that if i hear a joke about uh, kicking dogs, i'm going to lose my mind and i'm going to boycott this place. It's like it's like you may like 50 minutes of a comics act, but then he starts talking about how he spanks his kids and for whatever reason like your lifelong thing has been Protecting children from, you know, uh, capital punishment or no, that's death. It's corporal punishment. I don't know. You're defending children from being hit, you know, uh, and softer punishments, you know, and you know that that may be your cause, you know, or you know you may go to a comedy show and you're like head of the board of PETA, and somebody starts talking about. Punching dogs in the face You know it's just like It's so subjective And there's so much semantics in it It's just It's crazy sometimes And I you know Thankfully I'm just I'm not that type of comic You know I, I push the edge Every once in a while But it's usually You know sexual stuff And silly Words and situations Mostly involving me Being an idiot But you know There's people out there That you know the, they want to push the envelope. You know they want people to leave their show laughing, but also thinking. You know, and I think that's what takes comedians from being funny to being legendary. You know, think of all the legendary comics out there that just off the top of your head. You know, Don Rickles, George Carlin, Richard Pryor. Uh, you know now we've got uh, Joan Rivers, Louis C.K. You know, and uh, Patrice O'Neill. I mean, these are guys that not only were hilarious, they pushed people in the audience to question things, to question their beliefs, and to question their viewpoint on society. And I think that's what courage is in stand up comedy, is to. To not focus on just the funny, but to say something meaningful. And uh, I think Patrice O'Neill in this next interview, he nails it. So this is Patrice O'Neill, I think on Fox, uh, defending, defending funny.
4: So, next up on the chopping block, XM Satellite Radio DJs Opie and Anthony. They're under fire now for airing joking comments about raping. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, will they be the next to go? Is radio cleaning house after the IMAS debacle? With me now, new city president, now new city president, Sonia Osario, she took part in a recent protest calling for radio stations to stop stop supporting negative language in music and talk radio, and also our favorite stand-up comic, Patrice O'Neill. Thank
1: you, sir. Patrice, uh, are ONA next? Oh, nice. I hope Jv. I wish Jv and Elvis didn't lose their job. Or Imus. It's funny. This is the thing. I have. I don't know her, but I'm. I'm assuming that she has nothing to do with funny. So I'm gonna speak as the expert on funny. Funny people should just be left to try to be funny. What if? What if they're not funny? Then you made a mistake. But how many? Listen. How many times has unfunny? How many unfunny rape jokes lead to rape? Like I don't know how many jokes about rape there are. There's a lot. But your your world is not funny. Your world is uh, next next on the big story. Hey, my world is people trying to be funny. Well, I mean, you, you think it's okay to try to make jokes about rape? I'm diabetic. I make fun of that. I'm a victim. I might lose a toe, but I'm trying to make fun of. I'm trying to make fun of anything I I think I can make fun of. Sonia
5: you know, what's happening now is the marketplace. Okay, is deciding what's appropriate or what's not appropriate. It's, I think the nation is just tired. There's a new mood in the nation. What nation? The nation. You know what? Well, we're tired of things that it's are just just the nation powerful. is paper and you. I'm, I'm not
1: the nation. I'm just speaking for me and funny. You're speaking for the nation
5: or you're speaking for... Yeah, you know why? Because I remember six years ago doing uh, something against Anthony Openy because they were just so outrageous and their violent images to that you. they put out to women was just uncalled for, and now, now, I think people... You think they were trying to be funny? I think now, people... In this Do you think they were trying to be funny? Tire, you know what? I don't care if they're trying to be funny.
1: That's what I'm saying. Why are you in that business? I've been
5: to your show once and it wasn't very funny being a woman. It was in your hilarious. Show when you
1: talked about... That's why she doesn't like me. I was in the paper with her and the joke is hilarious called The Angry Pirate and the lady who wrote it in, in her outrage didn't even know what it meant and anybody who read it laughed because they know what funny... You're not living in the context of funny. You're living these in the context guys of
5: have, fire. have every right to be as funny as they want they can go out and try to be as funny as they want, make as much funny, make as much money, being as funny as they want. This is what's happening. There is a change in this country. People are realizing they it's have an opportunity change. to speak out. And advertisers are listening. You're radio not talking, stations you're are not talking. listening. And you're not going to, to. Not gonna get paid as much money anymore. Sonia and Patrice, That's look what at it this. Is. The marketplace more is more CBS speaking.
4: radio firings. They've been on the, they've been on a tear lately. All right. Are they cleaning
1: house, or is this the PC cops run amok? You know what it is, John. You know what it is while you're reading that paper. It's the PC cops run amok. Who do you think she's PC a PC cop? cop? Of course she is. She's She has an entire encyclopedia of, of her stance on it, but it's no passion involved. It's not a real. This is just what she has to say. We are outraged oh, and he's fired a, he's and a fired a fool. He's an and fired. Name calling. I'm you're outraged.
5: I am you outraged. Should be. You should be. Outraged. I am a fool. Now, if I called you a fool, ah you know what? People are feeling a new sense of entitlement. Who are these people? In this country, who are the people? A new How can sense you? Of entitlement so here's what. De-stasy. Here's my
4: question. How can you justify a bad joke, a joke that isn't funny? Oh, Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. Go ahead. An attempt that isn't funny doesn't get any laughs,
1: and is about raping a the first black woman to ever become the Secretary of State well, of the United States. Throw that at me. Well, that, why not? The, the attempt is what I'm trying to fight for. The joke may or may... Funny jokes and unfunny jokes are, are come out of the same birth. They, you you don't know if anything is going to be funny. You should attempt don't to be you, able to make anything funny. Don't you funny. think a joke about rape is doomed to be not funny? It's possible, but I've heard them. I've heard You've them. heard a funny rape joke? Uh, i say a couple. Watch my HBO special. I'm pretty good at it.
5: Yeah, Patrice, Patrice says that if you're having sex with a woman, doggy style, and if you Wrong. Hit, her in the, hit her in the head just the right no, time... No,
1: it's ejaculate in her eye and kick her in the shin, and no, she walks no, around no, like, no. argh, it's the angry pirate. No, no, That's no. what she was he trying to say.
5: a violent act of hitting her in the back of her head, her body... It's called the donkey happy, punch. ...which will
1: then... Why are you laughing? She's outraged. It's called the donkey punch. It's whole humor that she has no we have the same problem that Opie and Anthony does. You can't say just anything on the air. You can say anything you want. It might not be funny. You might get in trouble for it, but you should be able to be attempting. And plus, when is a crazy bum going to get an opportunity to rape the president? If th- The president's wife, John? It why was trying it- to be funny. All right, Patrice, why aren't I hearing Al Sharpton complain about this thing involving Congress? Because it wasn't involving uh, young uh, black women. Well, it was involving a very prominent black woman. Well, where was she during during Young Black? Everybody has their agenda. I was there. I was there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Excuse me. You but know why I'm... am I not hearing from Sharpton? Because it doesn't concern him. It's not concern him. It's black. It's, you know, come on now. You know Al, ha- Al Sharpton has his agenda, and it was perfect for Al. Young black women. And now she's representing just women in general. She's not representing the nappy hoe part. She's well, representing the, just the hoe. The nappy-headed part, she has nothing to do with. Just the hoe. You know
5: what? Women have been abused publicly in the media for too long, and people are tired of it. This has been a beautiful response of just the general public saying to advertisers, we're your consumers, we don't want to have to avoid everything Industry, we don't want to have to worry about what radio station we turn on, and there is some really derogatory, violent You're thing get
1: to deal with. All your information, uh, ma'am, is secondhand from someone making you uh, aware that someone may have said something that you should be upset about. It's a shame. Your constituents, the, the people you represent, aren't all victims in this matter. Teresa Neal, thank it's you very much. much, much. Sonia Sario, thanks to both of you, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Time for big politics.
0: And there it was, the late, great Patrice O'Neill, and all I have to say is, amen, my brother, amen. You speak the truth. So I I don't think there's much else to say on this podcast. Uh, I'm going to play George Carlin to roll out of this, and, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody says it best than he does. I mean, such a wordsmith and an amazing comedian also, sad that he's gone, one of my great inspirations in my comedy career um, but, you know I hope if you listen to this podcast just keep in mind when you go into a comedy club, it's comedy, that's the first word so if you go in there with preconceived notions or or some kind of thought that uh, you know, you're Waiting for that one joke to offend you So you can become outraged Maybe don't go to the comedy club Go to a movie So you can yell at the screen And tell them how stupid the movie is Because uh, we don't want to hear it In the comedy club just drives me so crazy When people yell out to you on stage And then after the show They're trying to be your friend And saying hey I was helping you I'm going to say this publicly When you yell at a comedian on stage You're not helping him You're ruining his show So just keep your mouth shut Sit back and enjoy the show Uh, You know We can handle it without you And if you're some How jealous or Envious of us That we're on stage and we have a microphone And lights on us and we're making A hundred people laugh Open mics Wednesdays, open mics Mondays, write some shit Go down there and Do it yourself, because when you take the stage on an open mic, you're courageous. When you yell from the audience to somebody who's trying to do his job, you're just being a fucking dick. So shut your hole. So here's the late, great George Carlin, and thanks again for uh, tuning into the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. You can get it every week on iTunes, Podbean. Uh, Largedrunkman.com is the website if you want to see my show live. A lot of tour dates coming up. Uh, so I'll be in a lot of different cities. And uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows.
6: Oh, some people don't like you to talk like that. Oh, some people like to shut you up for saying those things. You know that. Lots of people, lots of groups in this country want to tell you how to talk, tell you what you can't talk about. Well, sometimes they'll say, well, you can talk about something, but you can't joke about it say so you can't joke about something cause it's not funny comedians run into that shit all the time like rape they'll say you can't joke about rape rape's not funny I say fuck you I think it's hilarious how do you like that? I can prove to you that rape is funny picture Porky Pig raping Elmer Fudd see hey why do you think they call him Porky huh? I know what you're gonna say Elmer was asking for it Elmer was coming on to Porky he couldn't help himself he got a heart on he got horny he lost control He went out of his mind a lot of men talk like that a lot of men think that way they think they think it's the woman's fault they like to blame the rape on the woman say hey she had it coming she was wearing a short skirt these guys think women ought to go to prison for being cock teasers don't seem fair to me don't seem right but you can joke about it i believe you can joke about anything it all depends on how you construct the joke what the exaggeration is what the exaggeration is because every joke needs one exaggeration every joke needs one thing to be way out of proportion I'll give you an example you ever see a news story like this in the paper every now and then you run into a story that says some guy broke into a house stole a lot of things and while he was in there he raped an 81 year old woman and I'm thinking to myself WHY <laughs> What the fuck kind of a social life does this guy have? I want to say, why did you do that? Well, she was coming on to me. We were dancing and I got horny. Hey, she was asking for it. She had on a tight bathrobe. I say, Jesus Christ, be a little fucking selective next time, will you? Now, speaking of rape, you know what I wonder? I wonder, is there more rape at the equator or the North Pole? These are the kind of things I think about when I'm sitting home alone and the power goes out. I wonder, is there more rape at the equator or the North Pole? I mean per capita. I know the populations are different. Most people think it's the equator. I think it's the North Pole. People think it's the equator because it's hot down there. They don't wear a lot of clothing. Guys can see women's tits. They get horny and there's a lot of fucking going on. That's exactly why there's less rape at the equator. Because there's a lot of fucking going on you can tell there's a lot of fucking at the equator take a look at the population figures billions of people live near the equator how many eskimos we got 30 35 no one's getting laid at the north pole it's fucking cold guys say to their wives hey tonight honey huh tonight huh are you crazy the windshield factor is 300 below these guys are deprived they're horny they're pent up every now and then they bust out they gotta rape somebody now The biggest problem an Eskimo rapist has, trying to get wet leather leggings off a woman who's kicking. Did you ever try to get leather pants off of someone who doesn't want to take them off? You would lose your heart on in the process. Up at the North Pole, your dick would shrivel up like a stack of dimes. That's another thing I wonder i wonder does a rapist have a heart on when he leaves the house in the morning or does he develop it during the day while he's walking around looking for somebody these are the kind of thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools now i probably got the feminists all pissed off at me because i'm joking about rape feminists want to control your language Feminists want to tell you how to talk, and they're not alone, they're not alone, I'm not picking on the feminists, they got a lot of company in this country, there's a lot of groups, a lot of institutions in this country want to control your language, tell you what you can say and what you can't say, government wants to tell you some things you can't say because they're against the law, or you can't say this because it's against the regulation, or here's something you can't say because it's a secret. You can't tell him that because he's not clear to know that. Government wants to control information and control language because that's the way you control thought. And basically that's the game they're in. Same with religion. Religion is nothing but mind control. Religion is just trying to control your mind, control your thoughts. So they're going to tell you some things you shouldn't say because they're sins. And besides telling you things you shouldn't say, religion's going to suggest to you some things you ought to be saying. Here's something you ought to say first thing when you wake up in the morning. Here's something you ought to say just before you go to sleep at night. Here's something we always say on the third Wednesday in April after the first full moon in spring at 4 o'clock when the bells ring religion is always suggesting things you ought to be saying same with political groups of all kinds political activists anti-bias groups special interest groups are going to suggest the correct political vocabulary the way you ought to be saying things and that's where the feminists come in now as i said i got nothing against the feminists in fact i happen to agree with most of the feminist philosophy I have read. I agree, for instance, that for the most part, men are vain, ignorant, greedy, brutal assholes who've just about ruined this planet. Who've just about ruined this planet because they're afraid someone might have a bigger dick out there somewhere. Men are basically insecure about the size of their dicks and so they go to war over it. You don't have to be a political scientist or a history major to see the bigger dick foreign policy theory at work it goes something like this what they have bigger dicks bomb them and of course the bombs and the bullets and the rockets are all shaped like dicks i don't understand that part of it but it is part of the equation so i agree with that abstract that that man men males have pushed a technology that just about has this planet in a stranglehold mother earth raped again guess who hey she was asking for it i also happen to like it when feminists attack these fat-ass housewives who think there's nothing more to life than sitting home on the telephone drinking coffee watching tv and pumping out a baby every nine months will seven be enough bob What's the alternative? What's the alternative to pumping out a unit every nine months? Pointless careerism? Pointless careerism, putting on a man-tailored suit with shoulder pads and imitating all the worst behavior of men? This is the noblest thing that women can think of? To take a job in a criminal corporation that's poisoning the environment and robbing customers out of their money? This is the worthiest thing they can think of? Isn't there something nobler they could do to be helping this planet heal? You don't hear much about that from these middle-class women. I've noticed that most of these feminists are white, middle-class women. They don't give a shit about black women's problems. They don't care about Latino women. All they're interested in is their own reproductive freedom and their pocketbooks but when it comes to changing the language I think they make some good points because we do think in language. And so the quality of our thoughts and ideas can only be as good as the quality of our language. So maybe some of this patriarchal shit ought to go away. I think spokesman ought to be spokesperson. I think chairman ought to be chairperson. I think mankind ought to be humankind. But they take it too far. They take themselves too seriously. They exaggerate. They want me to call that thing in the street a person hold cover. I think that's taken it a little bit too far. <laughs> What would you call a ladies man, a person's person? That would make a he-man an it person. Little kids would be afraid of the boogie person. They'd look up in the sky and see the person in the moon. Guys would say come back here and fight like a person and we'd all sing for it's a jolly good person. That's the kind of thing you would hear on late night with David person. You know what I mean? So, so i think it's an exaggeration and i like to piss off any group that takes itself a little bit too seriously and it does not take a lot of imagination to piss off a feminist all you got to do is run into now headquarters or ms magazine and say hey which one of you cute little cupcakes wants to come home and cook me a nice meal and give me a blow job blow job Oh, that pisses them off. You want to piss off a feminist? Call her a cum catcher. That'll get her attention. Ah, oh, don't act disgusted. Don't act disgusted. Half of you are going to go home and go down on each other tonight, remember? If you're willing to swallow cum, let's not make believe something I said was disgusting, okay? Huh?